Hey guys, it's Alec here to remind you to check the trigger warnings before today's episode. So get comfy and you can find everything in the description down below, including our new transcripts. Have a safe listen. Mythale presents Circe's Episode 14, Hand-Tied. You cannot do this to me, Elias. Milo, could you please refrain from raising your voice? I understand that you're quite upset right now. Upset? Upset? I'm far beyond upset, Elias. There is no reason to take your anger out on me. I am not the one that assessed you, so I have no idea why you came here to hurl insults at me. I'm your patient. Why am I not being assessed by you? It's absolutely absurd. If you could, perhaps, take a deep breath. I would feel more comfortable having this conversation with you if you calmed down. I do not appreciate being yelled at. Of course, Dr. Short. Alright. Now, tell me what happened, but without all the yelling. I was assessed by Dr. Henriksen the other day. Tourette's syndrome. Can you believe it? I believe there must have been a reason for the diagnosis, Milo. But I'm open to hearing why you think he came to the wrong conclusion. It's hard to explain, but I'm certain he got it wrong. I don't have any other tics or show any other signs whatsoever. So why would I have Tourette's? I can see why you're confused. However, before we continue, do you mind if I record this for your file? Oh, I doubt it'll make any difference. Feel free. Session with Milo Huffman. Recorded on the 3rd of January, 2023, at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. Let me see real quick. Hmm. Case file 4772471-19. Let's begin, shall we? You know... It's odd to be on the spot all of a sudden. All the words that seem to be in my head sort of just vanished into thin air. I'm aware that can be the case. A few of my patients take a bit to warm up to me, so don't worry yourself about that. I will tell you the same story I told him when I explained what had been bothering me lately. I told him specifically about my episodes of paralysis. Before we continue, could you elaborate on what you mean by paralysis episodes? Sure. I've started having episodes where my body almost freezes up. I would explain it as my body being put completely on pause. I fall over if I'm standing, unable to save myself. 
Does your body go limp or do the muscles tense up into more of a stiff position? My body will tense up, so the fall always leaves me with some nasty bruises. Luckily, I have only fallen twice since this started. I mostly have episodes when I wake up and I'm still in bed. Thank you, and sorry for the interruption. Please pick up from where you left off. No worries, Elias. As I was saying, I started by explaining these episodes to Dr. Henriksen. I wanted to see how he would react. I didn't want to make my stay here more unpleasant, and I surely didn't want some new diagnosis that would land me in yet another program. Seems I didn't fully manage to escape that one. However, I got the unfortunately wrong feeling that Mr. Henriksen could be trusted with the rest of my story. Which included how I sometimes find myself doing things I didn't even realize I had been doing. Can you tell me about any of these episodes? I would be interested to know in what circumstances they appear and if they seem to be a pattern. Let's start with my experiences with being paralyzed. A few weeks back, I had a nasty fall. Left me with a bruise on my forehead, but... It's all faded now. I messed up my nose since it took the brunt of the fall. The cracking sound it made upon impact with the tile floor made it pretty clear that my nose had just broken. Not that I could do much about it from my spot on the bathroom floor, because of course it had to be the bathroom of all places. The only room without a carpet. What made me the most uneasy about that event, though, was that I could have sworn I wasn't alone in that room. What do you mean? I couldn't exactly turn my head to see what was around me. I also lost the ability to speak, so I was just stuck there with no chance to do anything but look at what was within my field of vision. You know, human bodies are pretty fascinating if you really think about it. I've always found it interesting how much we can actually see at once. We can react to any minor movement at the edges of our vision. In this case, I wish I hadn't had that power. I saw something fast moving around. Almost like it was running, but there was no sounds, footsteps, just movement. The only thing I managed to see clearly was a pair of feet, a little away from my face, that didn't look human. The skin was the wrong color, and I blinked rapidly, hoping it was just some hallucination, even though it wouldn't be much better if I had also managed to get hallucinations. It was gone before I knew it, and I was stuck there for about 40 minutes before I regained the ability to move again. My body felt heavy, and it took hours before it all fell back into place again. I fixed my nose when I managed to get back up. The doctor put it back in place without worry. I just told her I had walked into a door. She wouldn't put it past me and didn't ask more into what had happened. I didn't tell anyone what had actually happened to me. I thought it was just some kind of one-off experience, but nope. Just a few days later, I was proven wrong. I prefer to get my episodes when I'm in bed. That makes it a tad safer. I keep seeing that being, though, never fully, as it won't move into my field of vision. It just stays at the edge, staring at me. It's rather disquieting. I have no words to describe it fully, just that I both see it and I don't see it. 
How many episodes do you think you've had so far? I'm not sure. I would guess about six, seven since I first started. And that's only counting my paralysis. You did mention blackout episodes as well. What does that entail? Now, that one is a little harder to explain. Please, take your time. I almost feel ashamed to admit it. This is a safe place to talk about these things, I promise. Both my parents are drug abusers, so when I became a teenager, it didn't come as much of a surprise when I started to dabble in it myself. And as basic as it is, I got myself addicted to weed and cocaine. They were both easy to get my hands on, and I took either one almost daily, if I didn't end up doing both. It had ruined years of my life. It wasn't until I met my now ex-girlfriend, Sophia, that I realized what a big problem my addiction had become. Long story short, she played a huge role in getting me the help I needed. I got clean about three years ago. It's hard not to return to old habits, but I have worked so hard to manage it. This is all going to sound impossible, since there's no way I should be able to get my hands on drugs here. But a few weeks ago, I had a severe blackout episode. The last thing I remember was eating my pudding cup in the common room, but when I woke up, the familiar white lines had been spread across my table, sitting neatly in five long lines, a folded bill in my hand. Naturally, I freaked out, swiping it off the desk before the need to sniff it had kicked in. I didn't exactly go to my doctor about all this. I had already cleaned up all the evidence, no need to reopen a can of worms, that I knew would explode in my face if it did so. I decided to reach out because of the two most terrifying events that followed, which has left me with proof that I am not just wasting your time. Five days ago today, I woke up in my bed. I had hoped this meant that I had stayed safe this time, out of any major problems, so to say. That was until I felt a hot pain in my arm. I looked down before it even occurred to me that something was wedged between my teeth. Inside my arm was an almost empty needle. I threw the needle as far away as possible before the rest could be emptied into my hand. The belt between my teeth became undone and fell onto the floor when I jumped back in my bed. I have to tell you this, even if you're just going to up my medication, I still need to tell you. Before I moved the needle, just for a moment, I swear I saw a hand that matched the foot I had seen when I was paralyzed. The corpse-like fingers wrapped around my hand, pushing the meth into my bloodstream. Wait, pause. How would you have been able to get your hands on meth in here? I don't know, Elias. Do I? Right. Right. Before we dive into that, why don't you tell me about this last episode? It was yesterday night. I found myself in my bathroom. The lamps had been covered with items of clothing, which made the room dim. The fabric being my old red camp shirt. It left the room bathed in red light. 
I knew what to look for when I woke up. I looked down upon my hand, which I could feel was clenched around the handle. There in my hand was a kitchen knife. Not one of those small vegetable knives, no. It was one that had cut through many slabs of meat. And now it has chosen me as the next pig for slaughter. I have normally been able to drop whatever had been wrenched in my hand previously, but the knife stayed firm in my hand. All I could do was watch. A power unlike any I've seen before made my hand shake as it moved, slowly edging closer to my arm. I tried so hard to fight against that impossible pull. I could feel my ears pop and my heart was beating rapidly against my ribcage. The sound resembling loud deafening thunder. It wanted to kill me. Turned me into nothing but a pool of red liquid on the floor. The metal was shockingly cold as the blade was placed neatly against my wrist. That's when I saw the hand. It didn't even try to hide this time. The hand forced mine ever closer till the edge of the knife threatened to break my skin open if I didn't remove it as soon as possible. I screamed, pushing with all my might against the hand that held onto mine with such fruition. My scream had alarmed the nightstaff that came running in just before the knife managed to pierce my skin. It took two doctors to forcefully wedge the knife out of my hand. I was put into the special ward for observation, and nothing else happened that night. They hurried to get me a time with the earliest doctor available, which unfortunately was neither you or Cairo. I don't believe their assessment was right. I'm not mentally unstable, Elias. Someone made me do this. I will do what I can to investigate this. For now, feel free to leave. In case you don't believe me about the crystal meth, I asked to get a urine test done and I have also supplied you with a piece of my hair. It stays in urine for three to six days, so I wanted to be sure that in case the first one didn't show any signs, the hair would. Thank you, Milo. I'll send this down to the lab for testing. I got the results back on the urine test you requested, and also on one of the strands of hair. Thank you, Dr. Timor. Was there a particular reason you had the tests done? Milo isn't exactly a new patient. Mr. Hoffman claims to have taken crystal meth on Institute property. I'm sorry? There's no way that should be possible. We check all visitor possessions, and he didn't have any on him when he first arrived here. Milo's been clean for three years now. I am well aware of that, Dr. Timor, but that doesn't explain this. Both tests have come back positive. I, I don't understand how that could have happened. Did he explain how he got it? No, he claims to have had an episode and woke up with a needle already in his arm. Seems I will have to check out the CCTV. Can you report back to me if you find anything relevant? I will catch you at the start of your shift sometime during the week. Don't worry, I got this covered. Alright, thank you Dr. Timor.
please close. <laughs> that was a close call. You don't say. I uh, gotta look at the CCTV. I was thinking we could... What the hell? The elevator stopped. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> just press the emergency button and let's wait for help to arrive. Great. Just... great. Uh, Elias, I'm, I'm sorry, but there really isn't much else we can do about it. Whatever you say, just... Ugh. Hey, hey, c come on now. It, it's not that bad. Not that bad? Just stay away from me. Oh, what did I do? Have it ever occurred to you that I maybe just hate your guts? No. Why would you say that? <laughs> because I do. You ruined everything. Just stay the hell away from me. Oh, oh um, okay. Circe's is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode featured Alexander Bautna as Elias Emanuel Short, Henry Johannesson as Cairo Midas Timor, Mars Jewell as Milo Huffman. Audio edited by Els Sari and Henry Johannesson. Manuscript edited by Els Sari and Rita Bauna. And written by Alexander F. Bauna. If you like what we do, give us a rating on your podcaster of choice, or check out our Kofi where we have some art up for sale, or you can donate however much you feel comfortable with. If you like to engage with more of what we do, check us out on our public Discord. All links will be below in the description. Thank you for today.